0: Hello and uh, welcome to the first um, Ian Abernethy podcast. Now, who would ever have thought that Ian would get the hang of this technology, eh? Uh, at least I think I have, as I'm sitting here talking, these lines jumping up and down on the screen, so it now looks like I'm recording something, I just hope that it's uh, it's me. Uh, thankfully, the bulk of this podcast was put together by uh, Richard Barnes, who's uh, the web guru for the site and the guy who fixes it every time I break it. And Richard obviously knows what he's doing. So um, the the interview um, covers applied karate generally, um, a little bit about myself and uh, a little bit about the site. So it's kind of like a nice introduction to these uh, podcasts. And as part of the new blog function uh, where we can easily add podcasts, uh, video content and and, and so on, you'll... uh, the, these will become a regular part of uh, www.ianabernethy.com. So I hope you enjoy them and I uh, hope you find them useful. So uh, I'll just go and check that these uh, bouncing blue lines mean I'm actually recording myself. And assuming that I am, I'll uh, I'll hand you over to, uh, to Richard.
1: Good morning, my name is Richard Barnes. I'm talking to Ian Abernethy. Um, Ian Abernethy is a fifth-dan black belt karate black belt, which is a black belt that's a fifth-dan. <laughs> Um and teachers apply karate. How- how would you introduce yourself, Ian? Uh, Err,
2: well, uh, m- me, myself?
1: Yeah, you. I mean, how- how would you- how would you describe yourself uh, as a- as a um, karate well, person?
2: Well, uh, fifth time black belt, uh, and specializes in, kind of, uh, practical application of kata, and, the, well, practical application of the art itself.
1: So how long have you been teaching karate, or how long have you been involved in karate? Err, uh,
2: me? About twenty-five years, I think, coming up. Tw- twenty-five years in April, I think it is, if hmm. I remember rightly.
1: What's the attraction?
2: Well, how I got into it was um, a a few of the guys at school did it, like most kids. Kind of the age I was, you're always getting into fights at school. And he got to the point where I thought I'd probably best, you know, learn what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, so I went along with some of the the the, the guys to the class. First class, I absolutely hated it. Like I didn't like it at all. I got dropped. I got the wind knocked out of me on the first class. I had no idea what I was doing. Coordination was awful. Um, But whatever it was, I thought, well, I'll just you know, I'll, I'll. As I was on my way out, the instructor said to me, he said, I'm, I didn't spend much time with you today. I've got these, like, getting ready for a grading, so next time you come back, we'll do a little bit of, uh, of work with you, you see. So I felt obligated to go black, and the second time I went black, I enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, I just kind of the bug bit, really, you see. But, uh, again, first class, I just, I just did not enjoy it at all.
1: So you teach now applied karate. Yeah. What, what is applied karate?
2: Yeah, I said, well, I think the, the word karate, it's, it's, people tend to think of it as a martial art, but uh, nowadays, I think the, the term covers like a, a, a broad range of things. From people who do it, they enjoy the the culture of it. Some people enjoy the uh, the exercise of it. Some uh, enjoy the competition of it. Uh, so for for me, the bit that kind of always really interested me was kind of its original function. You know, how would you use it uh, combatively? You see, so nowadays, I mean, I often use the prefix "apply" just to, to kind of making it clear to people that the element that i'm kind of looking at not that the other elements don't have value I mean, obviously they do but you know i think you need to be i think the problems arise when you're not clear on what you're training for and um what your goals are for you for your training
1: what is karate Ian? what is it yeah what is it i mean we, we, i just asked you what is applied karate but i should have asked you the question what, what is yeah. karate
2: well i mean again the, the, the simple answer is it's um, a knocking um system Originally, it's kind of like a hybrid system based on like Okinawan indigenous methods and methods that were kind of uh, imported across from from China as well. Uh, obviously, got a, a Japanese influence and made its way to uh, mainland Japan, and it kind of spread from there. But again, it's—I don't think it's as simple as that. Anymore. You know, there's—I mean, what karate means to me, you could go to a, another group or another school, and what they're doing will be radically different, but they'd still call what they're doing karate. You see it's um so it's a japanese um okinawan um system there's many different kind of in- interpretations of it and ways of looking at it these days
1: So how, how long has it been around as a system of uh, of martial arts protection as such
2: because it's a, it's been evolving all the time you know obviously it originally started off as you know various Chinese systems that weren't called karate it got fused, and certainly at certain points that name got, got 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 fixed probably the first guy to use a name that made I me mean, think of like uh Tode Sakagawa, um, Tony had been one of the, the old words for karate. I think it's probably the, the earliest time that word was used. I think that they're commonly used. So you're talking about um, well, that's a hell of a long time ago. You know, 16, 1700s. Um, so probably from there. But ag- again, you know, it, it, it's a continual. Um, it's continually evolved and it's continually changed.
1: So how can something that um, was originally developed in the 16th and 1700s have any application today? Because, you know, society has changed and the risks uh, that are posed to an individual on a daily basis surely are fundamentally different today to what was around in the 16th and 17th century.
2: Yeah, no, I think there is. I think there's definitely, there there are some differences and there's some things that are, are common um i mean the, the, well, if you think of the okinawans what they had was you know the, um, a situation where there were uh, an unarmed people and had to develop a, a way of kind of uh, defending themselves with you know it implements the hands or, or their, um, the um the, the bare hands and feet effectively and that's not that that's the same you know the human physiology hasn't changed we still interact in the same way fights will have kicked off in the same way so it, in that kind of things i don't think ch- things will have changed uh, uh, too much well, it has changed, I think, is um, obviously, it, well, science is involved a bit more. We understand kind of how um, body response to adrenaline in, in greater detail than we did. I mean, th- that's stuff that, you know, that can have an influence on training. The type of weaponry and situation you might face as well, you, you're less likely to get a guy attacking you with a bow nowadays as he would with, a, like, a broken glass, for example. So there's things that, you know, that have uh, shifted and changed and there's things that remain constant. So one you- of the things I think that the, the, well, the Okinawans did, certainly if you follow it through, is they all like, continually adapted what they had um, in the way that they saw fit that fitted the um, the environment as best it could. They were quite happy to learn and bring new uh, influences in and to adapt and change and, Nowadays, I think when people think of the traditional arts, um, one of the things they tend to think of is static and unchanging. But that's a modern phenomenon. So to to continue what the master started off, we should be doing that. If there are things that have changed and there are new informations coming in, we should be taking the core principles of the art and then applying them in a way that's you know relevant to the modern world.
1: And that's what you do. That's what well, you that's what do. I
2: do. Yeah, I mean, and that's what the the original founders of the art. That's in my view, that's what they did as well. They 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 um they got all the information they could and made the art as applicable as they could to the times they were in, so um and there's an awful lot of it. I mean a vast amount of it that's still you know totally applicable. But the same things you know that have changed, like culturally, for example, um the, the way people dress has changed. So that, um, at the time where the arts were formulated, practically all males had you know the well a lot of the males the kind of top notch that you you know the uh, the japanese top knot so there are techniques within the like, like and things that rely on grabbing that well nobody wears the hair like that anymore so that kind of thing's outdated but in, in in many other ways we've still got two arms two legs so a lot of it's relevant you know and again it's just a matter of knowing what's historically gone by and what's relevant to the day and as new information comes on new training methods come in um bringing those methods into the, the training in the same way the old masters did
1: so you're talking about kata there um there are things in the catter that you can take out. That uh, I'm actually quite surprised. You know, you're talking about grabbing the top knot within the catter. I always thought a catter was just a, a, a set set of movements that you know were used for training purposes. They, you're talking about that they have a practical application. It's something you, yeah. you draw out of and, and you, you can apply to today.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of these strange paradoxes. I feel it's if if it's based on misunderstanding, and that that's that, that's not a criticism, is it? because a lot of karateka don't understand kata either. So it's it's not surprising that people outside karate or outside the martial arts don't get it. But the, the what the what came first was that they had a, a, a master, if you like. It would would have a set of techniques and methodologies and strategies. That he'd want to record and pass on. Well, this is in a day before you know most of them were uh, illiterate. You didn't have great printing presses like we do now. You didn't have the internet. You didn't have video. You didn't have DVD. So how do you record this information and and pass it on to your students? You know, so and subsequent generations. So the way they chose to do it is, is, is kata, and that's not unique to Japan. I mean, you know, in the West we have um, things recorded in you know dance and other such things. You know, it's just. A, a, a way of recording uh, information in a physical way, and because fighting's a physical skill, it, to me it makes sense to record it in a physical way.
1: So, how do you how do you take things out of uh, of kata and and apply them?
2: So, it, it's just researching them really. The, the analogy I always give is kata's a bit like um, um, uh, it's like a cookery book. This is analogy I sometimes use it. Um, all the recipes are there. You can you can study them, you know, and then it'll tell you what you need to do. But that does not make you a chef. It's actually using and applying. So, what you do with the catar is you, you analyse it. You look at the the, the, the motions. See how the other motions can be applied. There's a set of uh, I've got like 14 keys which are kind of uh, use, which are kind of listed on the, um, the, the the website, the part of the e-book, which kind of give people a guide to kind of understand the uh, the language of catar. But there's certain things, just as an example, you know, for example, uh, the, the, the catar it, it, it's all about predominantly about anyway uh, close range combat, fighting really close up. So um, as a result of that, one of the things that the cat always tries to do is control the, the opponent's limbs um, in some way. So if you hit a guy, he's likely to kind of bring his arm up. In, in, so having done that, you need to get that arm out of the way. So there's lots of techniques in cat that clear obstructions. That's why you see hands pulled to hips or hands across chest, just getting the opponent's limbs out of the way. And the other thing is, like because you are that close, like the chaos of the fighting, um, because it's just so it's manic, there's often things like datum setting, Whereby, if you, you know, for example, you'll see um, in cat uh, put the hand on the side of the opponent's head, then an elbow will going. So you see, cut the elbow, your, your own hand, so that that datum setting too. So if you understand, as an example, that the cat will be, uh, if you're striking, one hand will be striking, and one hand will be clearing instructions and setting datums. If you know that rule. Then when you start to look at the cat emotions, you start to understand, well, if this one's doing this, then that one must be doing... And it all starts to make um, a lot of sense.
1: I read on the website that there are there are hidden secrets in some of the catches.
2: <laughs> For me, I think the term secrets is a bad one. It, 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 I, if you notice, whenever I write it, it's always in um, uh, quote marks. There are there are things that are hidden in kata, and, and the kata were closely guarded secrets. You know, they, they weren't something that you, they would teach openly. You know, and uh, the application of these forms doubly so. These were things that people, you know, kept kept close to the the, the chest. But as soon as people start saying, you know, that um, there's this secret, that secret, it infers that you know, without somebody to just, just share that knowledge with you, you, you can never know what the kata's is there to, to to teach. And I think that's a bit harmful, that because it infers that only a small number of karateka can ever get it. And I don't think that's true. I think if you've got a foot in the door, if you, if you start to understand a bit of the language of kata, you, when you start to analyse them, it all just becomes quite, quite clear. There's a mythology you can uh, follow, and it, it makes kata, um, kata come to life. So there are, there are things that were hidden away in there, but I don't, don't, it's pretty easy to extract them. You know, They don't need to remain hidden.
1: So if somebody studies karate and studies Kato, I mean, What do you hope that the individual will get out of doing that?
2: I mean that really depends on the 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 individual's goals. What I hope they get out of it is whatever they intended to get out of it. So, if 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 you wanted to be, you know, I want to be world champion, then you need to go to a club that that specialises in those areas. You see, if you want to learn to apply it practically, then you need to go to a club that specialises in those. So, it's important that people do have clear ideas on what their the training goals are. For me personally, the things that I mean. I would like to get out of it, and I would like my students to get out of it. Is, I mean, one is, you know, there's, this, 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 uh, the, the, the pragmatic stuff, the self-defense stuff is in there. I would like them to get healthier through doing it, because I think that's, that's kind of important too. And it, I think it's a great way of, um, because combative training by its nature is quite stressful at times, it, it's a great way, I think, of developing character. Um, And again, you know, I would hope that people have an in martial training and find themselves more able to, you know, live the lives that they want to live them. It gives them that bit of confidence and their ability to face up to their weaknesses and fears. So that would be mine. But again, it just depends on on what the individual wants. Some people, I know, train because they enjoy the social aspect of it. You know, some people enjoy uh, the culture and the history of it. You know, others enjoy, you know, the sport side of it. And I think the only problem arises when people—if a guy joins a sport club in the belief he's learning to defend himself—well, that's a problem. But if he's clear about what his training goals are and he's, he's getting what he wants out of the art, well, that's 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 great, you know.
1: I notice, Sam, um, from your impressive website, there are lots of ways to stay in touch—with um, the newsletter and the message board—and uh, I think you've got a blog coming online. It's, uh, uh, if, if I'm to join the newsletter, uh, what do you send me?
2: That's probably been one of the, the sites. Uh, biggest successes really we've got uh, at the moment I think it's just over 4,000 sub- subscribers um, and what we do is uh, throughout the month they the come out monthly what I do is I collect um, various information. I get people sending me information on you know there's this good website you might want to check out um, I oh, write an article, we've got guys that contribute to the site that write articles too. Um, there's, a, there's a real good kind of community forming around the site, so once a month we kind of send out this newsletter. And it, it, I mean they are they're started off big and they've just mainly got bigger, I think the last one was about 10,000 words long. So um, we've got things on there about courses that are coming on that various people and various groups are doing. Uh, information on uh, books, uh, DVDs, I think that they'll be interested to um, to people who are interested in practical karate, we have on there. Um, Links to articles that we put up on the site, some articles that are actually in the newsletter itself, Um, links to websites that we think people will find useful. So, I mean, there's all um, kinds of of, of, of stuff on there, which, again, you know, I'm I'm pleased, when we started off, I think we had had a, a list of about 100 members. And in the space of whatever it is now, like um, two or three years, again we're just up to just over 4,000. And every month, you know, we get about two, three hundred new people kind of joining. So, um,
1: and, the, and the message board yeah, as well. It's
2: going really well, uh, yeah. And the message board as well. I mean, that was something I was a little bit more reluctant about, to be honest, because the um, I-, I just seen how some um, of these message boards can get so negative so quickly, and just end up in people behaving like children. and Flagging each other off and getting, you know, very insecure that someone holds a different view, and I was a bit, I don't want that kind of stuff on anything that's associated with me, so I was a bit worried about kind of putting it up, but there was more and more people saying, you know, no, a message board's a good idea, so and I've seen some really good ones, some positive ones, so I just kind of followed their lead, really, and we put a, a kind of strict, um, if you're joining us, you know, we won't have you as a member, but if you are, these are the rules of conduct, just like like a dojo set of rules, really, you you, you know, you behave like these or you're out, and... Um, I think we've, there's quite a few few members and there's about uh, 300, three, three, four 400 odd that kind of actively um, contribute that add things to it. And I'm really pleased by how it's gone. We've attracted some great people in there. We've got people from you know, the beginners right the way through to people of uh, master level and the discussions are great. I, mean, I love logging on there and seeing what uh, people are talking about. Dead learned people. They're all very good at um, articulately expressing the views. We've got a wide variety of views so we have plenty of disagreements but it's always done in the um, a, a, a courteous manner, you know. So I'm, I'm just really pleased with how it's gone. And I think what's been really what thrilled me more than anything on the message board is, that, um, obviously, it's my message board, but it's not it's not solely for my views or my way of doing things. And uh, what I like is that the, the guys that the, there. There's a real kind of sense of ownership, I think, on it. So when we do get the occasional post that is maybe mildly inappropriate or not quite in fitting with the uh, the ethos of the board, it's it's reported almost instantly you know people are pleased we've got a nice positive board and they all want to keep it that way
1: you have lots and lots of dvds and uh and books that you've uh written and produced um uh-huh. they're all available through the the website you um what's happening with you in the, in in the coming months
2: um the next big one um well the, 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 i've just in summer we filmed there was a mental strength book was the last book that uh that i, I wrote uh, and off the back of that, we've done a, a, a DVD uh, for that as part of uh Made Easy range, which i really enjoyed doing. Because obviously there's some, I mean, it's fundamental to who I am and what I do. So there's some elements of the martial arts in there. But it's mainly about um, de- developing yourself and pursuing, uh, pursuing your goals and things. So that that's the next big, uh, big one. We've filmed that one now. Uh, it's all edited together, uh, and the launch. Uh, there's a big press launch down in London for for the whole series, the Mental Strength one, uh, the Made Easy range uh, in November. So that that's the next big thing on the horizon the for me is the uh, the, the launch of uh, of that one.
1: Tell me about and your I mean, blog.
2: Uh, yeah, the aim is every so so often, every couple of days, I'm just going to uh, pop on there and, and write a few thoughts or you know what I've been on with. So it's kind of stuff that wouldn 't really fit onto anywhere else on the the, the side it 's not really an article it 's not you know it 's just just um add constant new content and let people know what 's kind of going on and The thing I love about it is the um we 've already got a bit of video footage up on there so people so I can actually do kind of uh, I plan to do some kind of online lessons so people can kind of um pop online and download some Uh, video clips and learn and we'll be putting kind of podcasts up like uh, like this one on there as well as well as little uh, mini articles and things so um yeah it's going to be another good addition to the site that i'm really uh, pleased with how it looks so far and i'm I'm looking forward to seeing what everyone's uh, thoughts are on it and the feedback on it is (laughs) ian Abernethy,
1: it's been good to talk to you thank you very much um we'll perhaps talk more in in depth on another occasion about the mental strength and that's coming up but for now thank you
0: no problem thanks very much richard well, that brings us to the end of the, the first Ian Abernethy podcast. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it, and um, as always, we'll always welcome your feedback. So, if you'd like to get in touch uh, via the website, and, and um, that's www. ian I A I N A B E R N E T H Y dot com, and uh, let us know what uh, you, you thought of the podcast and what subjects you'd like to see uh, covered in future podcasts, and we'll we'll make sure we get that uh, that done for you. Um, so thanks once again for listening and uh, I'll see you on the next one thanks very much, bye bye now